This is the Sonia Booker Show, insight that builds wealth and confidence. Sonia Booker is president and CEO at Sonia Booker Enterprises, online at soniabooker.com. Helping you go from everyday living to wealth building, Sonia is an accomplished author and speaker, well known for her wealth building strategies and results. Here to inspire, inform, and empower. Your host, Sonia Booker. Hello and welcome to the Sonia Booker Show. And today I am telling you to mind your own business. Yep, I said it. Mind your own business. Your small business, that is. A question that I hear all the time is, how do I find funding for my business? And, you know, there's always that good old-fashioned debt uh, where you go to the bank and you take out a loan and you convince someone of your business plan and how great your business is going to be, you can go that route or you can consider equity options. And, you know, that's something that a lot of uh, startups are really good at doing, being able to raise um, equity funding in, you know, being able to really communicate on the early part of your business what it is you're doing and be able to get that buy-in. And so one of those ways is, you know, good old-fashioned bootstrapping. You know, that's letting the business kind of fund itself, starting your business and, you know, basically growing it off of the proceeds um, that's coming in. And it it might, you know, seem a little daunting and might take you a little longer to get there. Um, But that way you're not bringing in any outside funding for your business. So that's one way, you know, to look at that and to consider, um, you know, doing bootstrapping when building your business. Um, The second way is you can fund it yourself. So, you know, a lot of times we have retirement accounts or um, IRA funds and different things like that where we've rolled over or we've left a job and, you know, we figure we're going to just go for it. We're going to, you know, start our own business. And so you can self-fund or you can, you know, start. I always like to tell people, start building your business while you're on your job even, where you're working your job part-time so that you're using the income from your primary job to start funding your dreams and then, you know, creating kind of that exit strategy to um, make that move or that leap um, and it won't be as bad. Um, The third way that you can fund your business is through friends and family. Yes, uh, have a family meeting and convince your family how great your idea is. Um, You know, if you have it all laid out in a, a business plan and don't approach them as if, you know, they're doing you Um, some favor or, you know, that you approach it like it's a business opportunity for them. Present it, show them the the, the financials, show them the plan, show them your growth strategy, show them, you know, all the information as if that they would be the bank because they, in essence, are, you know, your bank. So talk to your friends and family. You could also consider angel investors. These are individuals or groups that get together together and have money that they've pulled together that want to do more startup businesses. Um, you know, I've been been an angel investor myself in businesses that I believe in, um, where I can see the vision of the business and I can get in there and offer expertise and also offer um, financial support. And to me, those are a little bit more rewarding than, um, you know, some other investments that, you know, I could potentially be doing. So consider being an angel investor or look for angel investor um, for your funding sources. And then there's venture capital. 
there is a lot of venture capital out there and you know people have different sweet spots some of the venture capital companies like more technology based things some of them like more product based some are service based so find that venture capitalist firm that you know kind of fits your need and offers financial support for your business so get out there and start looking around and speaking of venture capital we're talking to the founder of mogul chicks miss adrian graham on how she is showing women entrepreneurs in particular how to go about getting funding and to uh, prepare them for funding opportunities welcome to the show thank you for having me i'm glad to be here so glad that you're here okay so we're talking about small business building and you know small business expansions for that matter and you know for you you've you've been a small business owner and you have grown companies and you help people to grow their companies in particular women tell us a little more about mogul chicks and you know who you are and why should the world know you sure well, first of all, Mogul Chicks is relatively new. The idea came about maybe three years ago um, in between me kind of deciding what my next move was going to be. I am a mentor at an accelerator program, and I also run in a circle of venture capitalists and angel investors. And two things stood out to me most. One, that women were traditionally and very severely underfunded and weren't really given the same playing field that men were. And the other thing was women of color were even getting left out of that even more in more uh, record numbers. So having that experience and being an entrepreneur, I started my first company in, I think it was 1994. So have you beat by a couple of years? I, mean, I feel like, wow, did yeah. I say that? I know, right? Did I say that? <laughs> yes, yes. So going through and, and running the different companies that I've run and working with the different clients and knowing what talent is out there that's not getting the spotlight, it frustrated me. I often get called by accelerator programs and by VCs to say, hey, you know, we're not getting people of color. We're not getting enough women. And at one point I thought, you know what, why am I doing this for everyone else and, and having them to beg to find women of color to meet some quota when I can just do it myself. And at first, when it came out of my mouth, I said, oh, did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> do I know what I'm stepping into? I know, right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I pretty much just drew on my own experiences, my own frustrations, my own obstacles that I've encountered, along with the many people that I've talked to or interviewed or worked with over the years. And Mogul Chicks was born. You know, the mission is very simple. We want to prepare female-founded companies to grow, scale, and become investment ready. That's mm. our objective. And a lot of times people get, you know, starry-eyed and, and they glamorize entrepreneurship and they think about it like Shark Tank or one of the CNBC shows. And they think, okay, I can go on, have this product, pitch to sharks, they'll fall in love with it, and I'll get money. That's not how it works. So one of the underlying um, issues that I've seen in pitching competitions and being part of accelerators is it's more about the excitement of being an entrepreneur instead of actually coming to the table and saying, hey, listen, investors, I have this solid company. We have this track record. We have this client base, and this is the revenue we're making. So I think that because that once in a blue unicorn company gets touted in the media, you know, hey, they started at a garage and Microsoft built uh, uh, excuse me, they, Microsoft 
snagged it for a billion dollars, everyone thinks that they can run a business that way and get investment dollars. Well, my goal was to say, okay, let's step back a minute and let's build solid companies so that way investors can't say, no, it's not a business yet. No, you're not ready. Or no, I don't think this is investment worthy. And so that's now, how what your, what came about. And, and so that's really awesome. And what you're like, kind of like an incubator um, situation, you know, maybe even a boot camp to that, you know, degree of where you really kind of make ready women. You know, tell yes. us about what that's like. Okay, well, we do, we solve three problems. The first problem, again, like I said, is the access to capital for female founders. The second one was preparing female founded companies. And the third one was getting them in front of investors who claim they can't find them. So to do that, some companies need that training. So we created Mobile Chicks Academy. So we put them through a six-month growth accelerator. Now, where that's different is that many traditional accelerators are startup companies. Well, this one digs deeper. We go into their profitability, their customer acquisition and retention, how to, how to scale revenue, how to get funding strategies, how to build a team. So all of the unsexy internal things to build the foundation of a company, that's what we work with with women. And upon graduation, we have them where they're better positioned, where they can increase their revenue and get in front of investors and pitch. The other part of that is by keeping track of these companies and, and other companies who maybe don't go through the, the accelerator but are doing big things, putting them in the forefront because people are not talking about a lot of these companies and a lot of women get discouraged because they don't see any examples that look like them. So we built the media arm of this to kind of work hand-in-hand with the accelerator, with the academy, to not just prepare women, but put them out there, give them the spotlight and get people talking about them. Because I think motivation is one of the key things that's that's really needing out that we really need out there for women founders. Because yeah. So, you know, and, I, and I think too, what we find is that women businesses are some of the fastest growing businesses around, uh-huh. but uh-huh. we see that they're not as profitable, that these businesses are growing and they're, you know, popping up left and right, but they're not very profitable businesses. And I think a lot of that speaks to um, one of the problems that you're solving and that's on scaling I think that yeah. we are not, you know, we, we start a business, we, you know, kind of, you know, can reach a burnout mode because we're full, you know, speed ahead. And I, I, I feel that a lot of that is around building a team, you know, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, knowing you're mm-hmm. just one person and really just kind of being able to, um, you know, delegate and not hold the business so close um, because it just becomes like a you know, not necessarily that anything's wrong with like a, a mom shop or a mom and pop shop, uh-huh. but you know, when you're not profitable, you really do have to look to other things, look to technology, look to other ways to really uh-huh. kind of say, how do I, you know, scale what I'm doing is great. But you know, if it's just paying my bills every month, is it, you know, really a business or a hobby and how do I, you know, get it to be in profit mode? Hold that thought, Adrian, you're listening to the Sonia Booker show. You don't want to miss the answer to that. We'll be right back. 
Do you want control of your investing decisions? Would you like diversity in your retirement portfolio? If your answer is yes, listen to this. The unpredictable nature and risks of Forex and stock markets is causing investors to add alternative assets such as real estate, gold, private equity, and more to retirement portfolios. Many believe real estate is a great solution. Advanta IRA is a nationwide self-directed retirement plan administrator that facilitates investors in controlling their own retirement funds and investing decisions. Visit AdvantaIRA.com or call 800-425-0653 to learn how self-directed IRAs use alternative investments instead of stocks, bonds, or mutual funds to build retirement income. Real estate is the most popular investment in self-directed IRAs for people who believe it provides a viable hedge against market downturns. For a free guide on how residential, commercial, rental properties, and other real estate assets have the potential to build retirement income, visit info.advantaira.com slash 1190 or call Advanta IRA at 800-425-0653. Attention all do-it-yourselfer landlords. Hi, this is Sonia Booker for the Elite Group. Managing your property may be costing you more and saving you less. Ready to save yourself money, time, and tenant headache? Turn things over to the Elite Group. For more than 25 years, they have specialized in managing properties in the metro Atlanta area and boast thousands of satisfied clients. I highly recommend them. Call Terry Bridges or one of their qualified property managers today at 770-305-7934. And be sure to mention the Sonia Booker Show for special pricing. very important. I mean, people don't think about it when we get, okay, so let's back up. When we get into business, most times it's, ooh, breath of fresh air, don't have a boss. I want to do what I do and use my skills and talent and I'm going to run a company. But a lot of people don't plan beyond that. So they don't really get familiar with what the scaling process is. And with scaling, for, for those of you who are listening who maybe don't know or are not familiar with it, scaling a business means really to just design a viable business model with the systems and processes and teams in place so that you can deliver and still cope with your, your business growth. But as it grows and expands, you can adjust and pivot. So the goal usually when you're scaling well, in, in my, for my businesses is I should be able to provide the same quality of service and results whether I have five customers, 500, or 5,000. Mm-hmm. And you have to make those adjustments along the way so that way if there's any deficiencies or any gaps in performance, you can minimize that and be able to still provide the same results. And a lot of times we don't think about that. We think about month to month or we think about, oh, well, if I can just get this next 10, 10 clients, but we don't think, and the biggest example I like to use is when Oprah was still on the air and people would go on her show, it's a perfect example of people not scaling properly because what happens after you get on Oprah? Your phone lines get lit up, your website crashes. If you don't have the infrastructure in place or the people in place to manage the influx of new customers, you can't scale, you can't run your business, and you end up 
shooting yourself mm-hmm. in the foot. Yeah, so what, what could have been important. something great, you know, because right. it backfires. So, you know, we like to give information and, you know, all the millennials out there and just to, um, you know, I don't think they need a whole lot of encouragement per se because mm-hmm. they, they just kind of, you know, um, have kind of a spark of their own. You know, mm-hmm. I, I call them you know, little rebels that I, I love and I kind of channel my millennial spirit, you know, all the time of that, you know, they they make up their mind, they want to do something and they do it and they don't really believe in a whole lot of money is the answer as opposed to more happiness and quality of life and things of that nature. What advice would you give to, you know, your millennials, the millennials that are out there that are wanting to ready to start a business? Well, first I would say, don't be afraid. Everyone and their mother wants to give you 50 million reasons why you shouldn't start a business. Go ahead and start one, but do it smart. Make sure you have the right advisors around you. Make sure that you have some access to funding, whether it's a credit union or the bank, the local SBA, or even angel investors. There's money out there. I think the big misconception is there's no money to start businesses. There really is. And the other thing is build a team. Get a team around you who is talented, who knows what they're doing, so that you don't have to do everything yourself. I think what I see a lot with millennials is it's a, an urge to prove something, to prove they can do it. So they try to do all jobs and wear all hats. No, build your team early and build one that's very qualified so that way you can grow into your business and you don't have to worry about hitting the big roadblocks I and mean, you'll hit some, but you won't have to worry about it as much. So if and, you're and starting think, a business as a millennial, that's what I was saying. Well, what would you say, you know, I, I do like the whole idea of the co-founder model that's out there. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a, you know, something where you're able to leverage your skills and your talents up front and have more of this co-founder, you know, mentality or approach to your business. Do you see that a lot? Yeah. Absolutely. You may have one founder who's more tech tech savvy. You may have one who's more financially savvy. You may have one that's more business development savvy. Why not marry all of those together and work together? As long as the temperaments can blend together, there should be no problem with having co-founders. Just Mm -hmm. be very clear and get your legal documents up front. Adrian, before we let you go, fill in the blank. If I had $500,000 to invest um, or start a business, I use it to do what? (laughs) (laughs) oh um probably to start something like a growth entrepreneurs academy something similar to what i'm doing but on a bigger scale okay so something like a university with a campus and be able to have an all solutions under one roof kind of thing with all kind of professional services and real estate space and everything under one, kind of like a factory, turn them out, get them trained up and turn uh-huh. them out. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Hey, how do people reach you? Well, give us your site and, and how people can contact you for more information on Mogul Chicks and all the great things you're doing. Sure. First, they can go to mogulchicks.com. It's Mogul Chicks with an X. They can reach me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social media under Mogul Chicks or under my name, except for Twitter, which is Calendar Diva, or simply send me an email. I am I prefer to have that contact first over social media because it's more personal. So you can email me at info at mogulchicks.com. All right, great. You heard it right here. Check out Adrian and the Mobile Chicks. And Adrian, thank you for being such an awesome mogul and sharing your information. 
Hi, this is Sonia Booker, and I am here in the studio uh, talking with my friend Mike Ventry of Advanta Self-Directed IRA, and you can find them at AdvantaIRA.com. And we are talking about the small business movement, Mike, and, you know, everybody's starting a business, it seems. And, you know, I'm all for entrepreneurship. How can they, how can people, what should they know about their IRA account, their self-directed account when it comes to starting a business? Well, your self-employed people have different options that your W-2 employees do not. Your regular W-2 employees, they have your traditional and your Roth contribution limits of, you know, 5500 or 6500 where your self-employed people starting a business can put up to 25% of their earned income into their IRAs, which twenty five percent up to fifty four or sixty thousand dollars if That's you're over cool. fifty years old. So it's yeah. ten times what you can put away a year than a non self employed person. And so a lot of people I find you have you know your early entrepreneurs you know of course with our millennial market uh, being so big, but you find that a lot of people you know hit kind of that age fifty and whether they are you know kind of in a downsized crunch or a crunch of I'm just ready to do you know life differently and start my own business, that could be a a, a massive kind of catch up process for them. They could really blow this thing out the water more so than they could do on their job exactly, and if they're starting their own business, that may mean they left a current position somewhere else and have a 401k that they can roll into their new that's pretty cool IRA along with their contributions so all that money can be in one place and they can invest that way okay and so uh, they have these you know massive deductions that they could make um you know that I think is really important how what kind of things can they invest in for that person who's listening and going you know I'm starting my own business and I need capital, you know, where can they, can they use their money for their, their if they, they do their self-directed, can they use any of that for their business? They cannot. They and their business would be a disqualified person to their self-directed IRA. Uh-huh. So it, to that is a complete restriction to do that. That's but they could take the IRA account and invest in Businesses, other, other businesses, businesses that they have no interest or ownership correct. in. Is that okay. other businesses and uh, real estate, stock, whatever they want to do? Real estate, stocks, futures. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Talk about the Bitcoin. Yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole, a whole show, show. <laughs> <laughs> by itself. And so, what are some of the things that you know? What would you say are some of their advantages? Well, the advantages is going to be that they're going to be in charge of their retirement account, and especially as far as real estate goes, real estate has never been worth nothing. Right. Like, like a yeah. stock can be worth nothing yeah. tomorrow. Right. Uh, that rent coming into your IRA from the tenant yeah. is still the rent, whether the house value goes down. Or not, On yeah. mortgages they're mm-hmm. doing with their IRA, they know exactly how fast it's going to be growing, at what rate. Yeah. They've got great collateral, usually real estate property as collateral, so right. it's a win-win for them. Yeah. So there's a lot less stress involved. It's a lot less stress, and I, I find that, you know, we have, you know, a lot of clients that want to invest in, in real estate, and especially when it comes to, you know, the rental. I, I like to try to paint pictures, you know, for people because sometimes this is a lot of information. And, you know, when you think about um, the idea that you buy this apartment building and, you know, you have rents coming in and those rents are, you know, $1,000 a month or whatever. 
um, you know, when you look at that, um, a lot of times the way people weigh that is they say, you know, my money sitting somewhere else could be like 4%, 3%, 0% that I'm making. But then when they take and weigh that rent out, that rent could be like 12 and 12% that's coming in at a double, triple rate of what, you know, they would be making normally in an incentive asset that's, you know, asset backed. And, you know, they have a collateral of, like you say, never hitting a zero uh, floor. And that rent's know. not being taxed. Where that, if it wasn't in a retirement uh, account, they'd be they paying 30% be paying capital, gains, capital gains, taxes. gains taxes. So it grows much faster. See what I mean? Insight that builds wealth all the way around. This is um, so much great information. And you can get more information by going to advantaira.com. Check it out today and start building your wealth and happy wealth building to you. You've been listening to the Sonia Booker Show, where it has been my pleasure to hopefully have inspired, informed, and empowered you on ways you can build your wealth one dollar, one decision at a time. And until the next time, happy wealth building. You've been listening to the Sonia Booker Show, insight that builds wealth and confidence. Sonia Booker is president and CEO at Sonia Booker Enterprises, online at soniabooker.com. Helping you go from everyday living to wealth building, Sonia is an accomplished author and speaker, well known for her wealth building strategies and results. Join Sonia again next time as she inspires, informs, and empowers here on the Sonia Booker Show. Always online at Sonia. SoniaBooker.com.